The FDA launches an assault on flavored cigars. The Cigar Dave Show is mentioned in an FDA marketing study committee. And there's a twist. We'll feature a special Kentucky bourbon for our libation ceremony. And to commemorate the running of the Kentucky Derby tomorrow, our tradition on the Cigar Dave Show, we recite the Buckner Mint Julep Ceremony. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Davidoff of Geneva, makers of Camacho and the Camacho Connecticut. Tame, but tuned up to deliver more flavor and more satisfaction. Morning, noon, or night, it is always the perfect time for Camacho Connecticut. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. And by Gurkha, the world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha San Miguel, a medium to full-bodied Nicaraguan Puro that delights the senses with notes of white pepper, a gentle earthiness, and a sweet honey-like finish. The new Gurkha San Miguel. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. This is the Cigar Dave Podcast with The General. Long ash greetings and salutations, a long ash snappy salute, semper delictatio. Always pleasure, long live the alpha, make masculinity great again, save America, screw the enemies of pleasure. As always, it is your global five-star general and alpha male-in-chief front and center from Command Center Alpha, and I as always extend to you a long ash Snappy salute. Great to have you with us as we get set for the weekend. I cannot believe that tomorrow is the annual running of the Kentucky Derby. Now, in 2020, it took place in the fall. That was totally cockamamie, totally weird. But there has been no discussion whatsoever on the Kentucky Derby. The first time I actually heard anything about it was this morning on Fox News when they had one of their correspondence in Louisville at Churchill Downs for the 147th running of the Kentucky Derby, the event where women wear goofy hats that most people don't know the difference between a horse's ass and a horse's head, and that is true, but everybody wants to be seen, but it looks as though they will have a diminished number of attendees this year. Sergeant Steve, did you even realize Tomorrow's the 147th running of the Kentucky Derby. I did about a week ago, but it, yeah, you haven't really heard as much about it. I don't know if it's because all the sports are going on at once and everything's kind of crammed together, or um, you know, really ever since what the Triple Crown was won a handful of years back, the first time since what 78. Yep. The the the, the Derby and the horse, the, you know, the Triple Crown races haven't been as noteworthy because you're not trying to break a record that's 30, 40 years old. Well, my feeling is after Secretariat, they should have scrapped the whole thing saying, <laughs> no horses can ever be good enough. He's the one. We're done. We're finished. And, you know, it's amazing because I will still go on YouTube and I will watch the running of the Kentucky Derby. I think it was 1972. 73, the, I believe. Was, 73. Was, okay, 73. 73. The, the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and then the Belmont. And when you watch Secretariat, especially the Belmont, and everyone said, oh, this is going to be a long race. Can, can Secretariat hang? Can he hang? He won by 34 lengths. I mean, he just, it was, I think, I think the jockey looked back and said, holy mackerel, there's nobody around here. 
But really, uh, after that race, everything else pales in comparison. Because that horse, I said, the greatest athlete of all time was Secretariat. And I'm sticking to it. Uh, kind of hard to argue. Absolutely. I, I mean, you know, if you want to say how dominant someone is over their sport, Secretariat's it. That's it. Now, I should mention that my canine, my German Shepherd, Pendragon's Royal Baron, is now three. So he is eligible to run in the Kentucky Derby because if you put a saddle on Baron, he is big enough. People think that he's actually a horse. Sergeant Steve, yeah. would he, you concur with that? He could win one of the Oaks races today. Absolutely. No doubt about it. I mean, people say, is he like part pony? Is he part horse? He is a big German Shepherd. I keep kidding him. I said, Baron, I'm going to put a saddle on you and do one of two things. Run you in the Kentucky Derby or... I'm going to uh, rent you out to birthday parties for little kids as uh, and advertise it as pony rides. And people would say, hey, that's a, that's, that's a cute little pony you got there. <laughs> so either way, we will be watching the Kentucky Derby. What do they call it? The fastest two minutes in sports, if I'm not mistaken. Down the stretch they come. And down the stretch they come. It's Secretariat. And, you know, when you watch the movie, it's really interesting because there is a lot of risk with Secretariat. The, um, the, the farm where... The, the secretariat, uh, you know, was born and, and was trained and so on. They were in really big trouble. And secretariat turned it all, you know, just totally turned it around. And it really produced some uh, amazing offspring. But, boy, just looking at that horse, if you haven't seen the movie, it is absolutely worthwhile. All right, let us talk about cigars as we get ready for this fine weekend. When you think about weekends, you think about cigars. You think about spirits. You think about grilling. You think about being pleasured by your harem. And by the way, let me just mention to you that yesterday, which would have been Thursday, April 29th, we dropped a Bold Alpha podcast that I think you are going to want to listen to, where we touched on, one of the subjects we touched on is, of course, the hysteria over climate change. And now Biden and the climate change hysteria is targeting farms and meat. They want to go after our meat. So we talk about that. So do your do a search in your whatever uh, app you use to listen to your podcast for Bold Alpha and take a listen to it because we spent loads of time. And if you've never listened to our brother podcast, Bold Alpha, that's where we've moved primarily all of our politics, talking about our alpha male lifestyle maneuvers. But we still have many here on the Cigar Dave Show, but we try to keep it a little bit more focused towards cigars. But if you listen to both, you're covered, so no worries. So let's talk about the FUDA. I call it not the FDA, the FUDA, because essentially they're giving a big FU to those of us that enjoy cigars. Case in point, yesterday, April 29th, press release, statement by HHS Secretary Javier Basada on FDA tobacco actions on menthol cigarettes and flavored cigars. And the FDA launched a proposal for rulemaking to remove menthol from cigarettes. Okay, I don't smoke cigarettes. Doesn't affect me. And flavor additives from cigars. Now, I don't smoke cigars from Have a Tampa or from the Phillies that are flavored or the Swisher Sweets, but occasionally I'll grab a Swisher Sweet going back to my college days. But they're fine cigars. They use the cuttings of premium cigar tobacco. So they're, they're good tobacco, Many people enjoy them. 
I mean, when you think about it, most of us started with a Swisher Sweet or a Have a Tampa Jewel or a Have a Tampa Nugget. They're fine cigars. People that enjoy them are part, as far as I'm concerned, are part of our uh, our cigar colloquial colloquial club, if you will. We're all one big, giant cigar connoisseur family. And I've always stated that we're not snobby here at the Cigar Dave Show. If you smoke a mass market cigar, you smoke a premium cigar, you smoke a 50 cent cigar, a $5 cigar, a $50 cigar, everybody's welcome. We're the most inclusionary club on the planet, as long as you enjoy cigars or don't mind people that do enjoy cigars. So now the FDA is announcing that they are going to launch a proposed rulemaking. And it says that the decision reflects the Beijing brainless Biden administration's commitment to improve the health of all Americans. And they said that tobacco-related death and disease must become of America, part, of, a pa- part of America's past. Look, cigarettes not good for you. I've never smoked cigarettes, not once, had zero desire to smoke cigarettes. Anybody that smokes cigarettes today, with all the science that is available, is making their own personal choice. I don't want that garbage in my lungs. Now, people say, well, General, wait a minute, you smoke cigars. How can you say that? Cigars are smoked very differently. Cigars are not inhaled. We do not smoke cigars for the nicotine content. We smoke cigars for the flavor, for the pleasure, for the relaxation, for the aroma. We do not run out of an airplane or run out of an office in rainy weather to light up a cigar in the middle of the day multiple times a day. That's not what cigars are about. And it is a proven fact that if you enjoy cigars in moderation, one, two, three, four a week, there's minimal health issues. I always tell people, I have friends that come up to me and say, hey, General, listen, you know, how many cigars a day do you smoke? And I say, well, sometimes none. I don't smoke every day. If I don't have time to enjoy a cigar, I'm not going to smoke a cigar. And my body doesn't feel a need to have a cigar fix. I'm not shaking. I'm not you know, going into a sweats, going into a panic that I haven't lit a cigar or smoked a cigar. That's not the case. But you take cigarettes away from someone, that's a totally different story. We enjoy cigars in moderation. Even people that smoke mass market cigars tend to enjoy cigars in moderation. Somebody came up to me not that long ago. Actually, it was kind of long ago. Well, I mean, it's over. It's in, within five years at a broadcast-related event. And he came up to me and he said, Dave, I love your show. Whenever I'm in Florida, I listen to your show. And I'm not going to name who it is. Well-known national broadcast personality. And we got to talk. And by the way, this person is the same off the air as he is on the air. Not Rush Limbaugh, by the way. It was not Rush Limbaugh. Many people, I'm sure, say, oh, it was probably Rush. I've played in tournaments with Rush, smoked cigars with Rush, but it was not Rush. And I said, hey, listen, I've got a cigar for you. I heard you smoke cigars. He goes, I used to. He said, the problem was is that I was smoking five to seven Monte Cristos a day. And I said, listen, that's way too much. He said, you're exactly right. It got to be a habit. He said, I love cigars. I used to smoke, you know, maybe a cigar a day every couple of days. But then I started smoking one, two a day, three a day, four a day, five a day. Now he just has one he says he keeps in his hand and, you know, he'll chew on the end of it. And I said, look, that's way too much. 
And even the people that make cigars will say, listen, our product is, is intended to be enjoyed in moderation. Just like wine, you don't see people in the wine business saying, hey, we want everybody to go out and drink one or two bottles of our wine every day. That's not how wine is meant to be enjoyed. Same thing with the bourbon that I have in front of me right now. I've got some Woodford Reserve double oak bourbon. Actually, I have the, the Woodford Reserve and the double oak bourbon. I've got both. I haven't decided which one I'm going to enjoy today for the international libation ceremony. Everything in moderation. But what has happened now is we've got the FUDA that is trying to lump cigar connoisseurs with cigarette smokers. Because in their eyes, tobacco is tobacco is tobacco. Doesn't matter. Not good. That's not the case. Now, they really spent time on talking about banning menthol in cigarettes, flavors in cigars. They want to decrease the appeal of those tobacco products, strengthen health equity. Now, they didn't come out and say we're absolutely ruling to eliminate menthol in cigarettes and flavors in cigars. What they essentially said is that it has to be a proposed rulemaking, so they're going to come up with a proposal in which the public, the interested parties, the pleasure police, the cigar manufacturers, the cigarette manufacturers, everyone can comment and provide input. However, we already know the FUDA and the tobacco division under Mitch Zealot Zeller, a bureaucrat that should have been kicked out long ago, has long had a hard-on against cigars, even though the cigar industry has spent loads of time, loads of money, and loads of research informing and educating the FDA about the differences between cigars and cigarettes. Some cases, they look and say, okay. And I happen to know that many of the uh, people from the FDA have come down to the J.C. Newman Cigar Factory in Tampa to observe. They've gone to premium cigar factories to see the differences. And you have to remember one very important difference between cigars and cigarettes. Cigarettes are flu-cured, meaning that they want to retain the nicotine in the tobacco. Cigars are air-cured. They put them in big bundles, big bales, two, three, four hundred pound bales. And those bales, those big bulks of tobacco, big tobacco leaves, generate heat. And what happens is you have the ammonia that dissipates. I mean, you walk into one of those barns, the curing barns. Let me tell you, the first time I ever walked into a curing barn, I almost passed out. It's like inhaling straight ammonia. They had to give me a mask. And some of these guys that are working down there with no mask, I'm like, you guys are nuts. But the ammonia dissipates, and so does the nicotine. They don't want the nicotine to be retained. However, with cigarettes, they do want the nicotine to be retained. So it's a very, very different process. Night and day. I mean, completely not even close. Not even in the same ballpark not even anywhere close. So cigars inherently are different. But in and of itself, to the FDA and to the smoking zealots, the pleasure police zealots, tobacco is tobacco is tobacco. So what does this mean? Does that mean that the acid cigar that you enjoy, which I think is the number one or number two, certainly in the top three or four cigars, premium cigars sold, and those are in a, a herbal-infused cigar. Those would be considered a flavored cigar. The Lars Tetons would be considered an infused flavored cigar. The Have a Tampa Jewels, the Have a Tampa Nuggets, the, uh, the Swisher Sweets, all those infused 
flavored cigars. Would they all be banned? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. However, from what the FDA has said publicly, it's very likely that some flavored cigars will be allowed under any future, future rules. That remains to be seen. You can be sure that there's going to be a tremendous amount of lobbying, a tremendous amount of public education with the FDA, with senators, with congressmen, to show that there is a massive difference between menthol cigarettes and flavored cigars. Now, even though the FDA tends to look at all tobacco products the same, they do realize there's a difference. The question is, will Mitch Zellert-Zeller, the director of the FDA Center for Tobacco Products, will he say, yep, there is a difference, and, you know, we don't really need to worry about cigars because they're enjoyed totally differently, they're enjoyed in moderation, they're consumed in moderation, and they don't target kids. That remains to be seen. So we will see. Now... The FDA has used language like ban all characterizing flavors in cigars. So the question is, what is characterizing flavors? That's going to have to be defined. Is this going to happen within the next 6, 8, 10, 11 months? Probably not. Could be next year. Could be the following year. Who knows? Will there be lawsuits? You better believe it. Every major cigar manufacturer, you can be sure, you can be assured, will file suit whether it is Drew Estate Cigars, whether it is Swisher International, which owns Swisher Sweets, Imperial Brands, which also owns the mass market uh, cigar, the Havatampas, Phillies, there will absolutely be lawsuits. And right now, there is no permanent FDA commissioner. There's an acting commissioner. She may be nominated for the permanent role. People aren't sure about that. Will it affect the premium cigar industry? Will it affect the mass market cigar industry? The answer is in some way, shape, or form, probably yes, but it's too early to tell. But you can be sure that not only will the cigar industry be involved, but all the relevant associations, the Cigar Association of America, the Premium Cigar Association, the Cigar Rights of America, they will all be involved, as will you as a cigar connoisseur. Now, another thing the FDA did, I received this information from somebody at one of the trade associations. They were on a Zoom call or an electronic call or electronic teleconference, if you will, an FDA study committee about cigars and cigar marketing. And as examples, they used the Cigar Dave Show, and they used a print publication. And what was interesting is, and I've got the screenshot. Sergeant Steve, I'm going to send you this screenshot right now. I'm going to send this to you because we can post this on social media and at CigarDave.com. Let me, let me, so I don't forget, I'm going to email this right now. Okay, I'm going to send you the actual size. There you go. Just sent it. And this is what they did is they took an amalgamation, a collage of various elements of our, our, our podcast graphics as well as our CigarDave.com website. So on this screen on the left, they take a screenshot of CigarDaveShow.com. 
and it says New Bold Alpha Podcast, and then it says Officers Club, Cigar Days Officers Club, September 2020 selection would happen happen to be the Placencia Almo, Alma del, For, uh, del Fuego. And then there's a big picture of me, Cigar Dave Show, which is what uh, the graphic we use for our podcast uh, at, at Spotify and at Google and at Apple Podcast, all the major uh, uh, tune in, all the major podcast aggregators, iHeart. And then on the right, they take another picture from our website, Latest News and Intel. And it says Cigar Dave Show major announcement, Chinese Wuhan virus intel, Cigar Dave's 2020 Cinco de Mayo tequila tasting, Senator Marco Rubio defends premium cigars, and right next to it there is a graphic. It's got the FDA logo, but we put in red a U because we call it the F-U-D-A. Because, as you know, F-U, you know what that stands for, the F-U-D-A. It's not the FDA in our eyes, it's the F-U-D-A because they're trying to screw us. And it says, Cigar Industry Files Comment to FDA Regulation. So the gentleman, Michael Cummings, formerly worked at Roswell Park Cancer Institute as a researcher in Buffalo. Now I think he's down in North Carolina or South Carolina somewhere. But he's a, a leading enemy uh, of pleasure, leading member of the pleasure police, goes against cigars. I've debated him on WBEN, our, our, our affiliate in Buffalo, for many, many years on their morning show. And I basically cleaned his clock. I wiped his ass. I mean, I had intel. I had information, in fact. And he was mumbling, stumbling. It wasn't even a fair fight. And then when he tried to interrupt me, I said, listen. Dr. Cummings, or whatever his name was. I don't know if it's Mr. Doctor. I think it's Dr. Cummings. E. Michael Cummings, or K. Michael Cummings. I said, I was very polite and didn't interrupt you, so please extend me the same courtesy and don't interrupt me. Cleaned his clock. I had people texting me afterwards saying, you kicked the shit out of him. You absolutely decimated the poor bastard. I felt like General Patton when I was done. Basically, you're going to stick a, a sword through him or your gun through him and run through him like crap through a goose. And that's exactly what I did. But he did. I don't think the FDA even realized that we were basically mocking them with their FDA logo putting a U. Sergeant Steve, you were the one that did that graphic originally. Because I said, hey, let's call it the FUDA. And you put that little U there. I don't even think they even knew it. I mean, he puts it right on there. And the guy from the uh, Cigar Trade Association's laughing, saying, everybody's looking at this FUDA. And he had no clue going on and on and on. And we were using it as an example of cigar marketing. And look, we appeal to adults when we were on terrestrial radio. Sergeant Steve, you're a former News Talk program director. I think most of our, I'd say 98% of our audience was 21 plus, 20 plus. Well, most News Talks are going to be targeting a 35 plus audience. I mean, your, your audience 34 and under is very small on News Talks for the most part. But I think with our show, if you look at the yeah. attendance that we had at our Pleasure Fests, yeah. you could see, I, I think there's no doubt we, we appealed towards, look, we even had many college students that was listening to us. We never wanted anyone below the age of 18. What I did get was very interesting. Sen uh, Congressman Cliff Stearns represented Central Florida, I think the Ocala area. As you know, I'm on the board of the Florida Association of Broadcasters, have been for many years. So we're at an event, we're at a dinner, and they put me next to Cliff Stearns and his wife. 
So his wife, we start talking, and she says, oh, okay, you know, what are you in broadcasting? And I said, well, I host the nationally syndicated Cigar Dave show. She looked and said, oh, my God, my son loves your show. I said, how old's your son? She said, he's 16. I said, well, great. He said, he loves your show, and Cliff listens to your show, loves the cigars, love the whole alpha male lifestyle. She said, in fact, my, my son said, you know, I also want to get a subscription to some of the print publications, and I said, sure, absolutely, and she said, listen, if the worst thing he does after he turns 18 is smoke a cigar and stays out of drugs and everything else, I'm more than happy, because you know what? To me, he wants to succeed, and it's a very aspirational lifestyle. I said, you are exactly correct, and she goes, and I want my son to be an alpha male, and we hit it off, and we talked. Congressman Cliff Stearns uh, was in Congress for many years and finally retired from Congress. He was in the hotel business in Central Florida. Very nice gentleman. She was very nice, had a wonderful dinner and talked the whole evening and, you know, had me send something to her son. I said, no problem. And she said, when he's 18, I said, the day you're 18, you can have a cigar. Now, to me, that's great. That's wonderful. Because when you look at the alpha lifestyle that we espouse, we're talking about cigars. I mean, Sergeant Steve, you've got two young lads. How old are they now? What are they, five and four? Five and seven. Five and seven. Okay, five and seven. So you want, you're training them to be alpha males in training. They're junior alpha males. Absolutely. All right. You want them to enjoy the good life. You want them, you definitely, I think the worst thing, if your son came back and said, Dad, I'm a vegan. That could, that could destroy you, Sergeant Steve. That would be tough. That would I, be I mean, very I, difficult. I, I, I couldn't cook him anything because I don't know how to cook anything but meat. But. but the good news is you cook tons of meat on your big green egg, and so they're already now adapted. They're not, they're not withdrawing from meat anytime soon. No, not at all. That is not happening. So you want them to become alpha males. You want them to espouse the alpha male lifestyle, work hard, enjoy your success, have a cigar, have a spirit, everything in moderation. That's exactly what you want, correct? Absolutely. So if they came to you at 16 and said, Hey, Dad, I want to have a cigar. And you'd say, okay, well, listen. Well, now, now all of a sudden, remember, it used to be 18. Now it's 21. Don't get me started on that. Although I can tell you this. I know many parents that have said, I don't give a shit what the federal law says. If my son can serve in the Army or the Navy or the Air Force, the Coast Guard, the Marines, can put his life on the line, if my son or daughter can, be, can vote at 18, then he's old enough or she's old enough to have a cigar. And I've got many that said, listen, at home, they can have a cigar. Don't want them going out because obviously... Now remember, it's not against the law to consume a cigar below the age of 21. Mm -hmm. It's against the law to buy a cigar federally, and now in many states, if you are below the age of 21. But it is unlike booze, it is not illegal for a minor, technically somebody under 21, to smoke a cigar. So if he came to you and said, you know, Dad... 18, I want to have a cigar. 17, what would you tell him? Let's have a cigar. There you go. Fire it up. Look, my grandfather, Cigar Abe, gave me a puff, a few puffs when I was five years old. He said, don't tell your daddy. And I had a few puffs. Now, I didn't know what I was doing. I just kind of put the cigar to my mouth, and that was it. But he always smoked cigars. I love being around him. I love being around the aroma. He'd give me the cigar boxes, the cigar bands, the cigar tubes. But I think today, when you look at all the issues that you see happening, if the worst thing that happens is your son says, hey, I want to enjoy a cigar, and oh, by the way, you know what? I want to learn to appreciate fine wine and fine bourbon and single malt scotch. I think, Sergeant Steve, you'd say, that's a big victory. Absolutely, it would be. And I would, I, would, I would help him out in that, in that uh, 
journey or whatever you want to call it. Now, and here's another thing that I've always believed. If you look at European countries compared to the mm-hmm. United States, they have a far lower alcoholism rate than in the United States. Now, let's face it. You go to Italy, you go to France, you go to Spain, they're drinking wine lunchtime, afternoon, evening, but yet they don't have the alcoholism rates and problems, especially with young kids. And Sergeant Steve, I will let you guess why. Because it's not a stigma of you can't touch it till you're 18 or 21. Correct. At every table mm-hmm. in Europe, they have wine, and they give the kids just a little wine so they learn to respect wine or spirits and appreciate it and not abuse it. I remember when I was in college, freshman year, my parents, we never had liquor cabinets. Sergeant Steve, you've been, you've been to where I grew up uh, mm-hmm. during our pleasure fest, yep. and there was no locked cabinets. I mean, there was booze for my bar mitzvah when i think I, when we went back the last time was what 2000 what was it 2018 that we did we did our last pleasure fest in buffalo i think so Maybe three years hard to believe wow i guarantee you there was probably vodka and scotch from my bar mitzvah uh 40 some odd years ago still in that cabinet somewhere in those in those liquor cabinets no locks nothing my parents never locked it my parents never said you can't have this can't have that never abused it so when I went to college, I was like, okay, you know, alcohol, beer, what's the big deal? My college roommate, the second his parents left, he goes out to the store and comes back, I kid you not, with like 18 six-packs stacked up, you know, in, in a giant carton. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, dude, we could drink. I said, yeah, what's the big deal? I mean, we could drink anytime we want. And I said, again, what's the big deal? He said, Oh, well, didn't your parents lock the liquor cabinet? I said, nope. He said, your parents didn't tell you you can't drink? I said, nope. Have whatever you want, but I never really did. He's like, well, my parents never let me. Everything was locked, can't do it, but now I'm free. Well, he basically flunked out after a semester. Well, maybe I think it was the second semester. Let's just say this way. They asked him not to return uh, for his first semester of his sophomore year. Then I think he cleaned up his act and came back. But... I was amazed. I was shocked. And the moral of the story is, when I was growing up, alcohol cigars were not the forbidden fruit. So I was used to being around alcohol, used to being around cigars. I didn't abuse it. I never went out. Even when, in, when the drinking age was 18 in New York State, and I was in high school still, my senior year, I'd go out and have a drink, but I would never abuse it because I realized, hey, if I have more than one drink, something bad's going to happen. And my parents always told me, this was before Uber and Lyft, and ride sharing. They said, anything you are anywhere and you drink too much, no problem. The only thing we ask you is you call us, we'll pick you up, call a cab, we'll pay for it, whatever. But don't drive whatever you do. And I never did. Never did. Why? Because my parents never made it taboo. They never said, oh, if we catch you drinking and driving, we're going to ground you. No, they said, just don't do it. Stay where you are. Call us 3 in the morning. Those days, the bars closed at 4 in the morning. But I usually, I think I had a curfew of like 2 in the morning or whatever. But they never said to me, you're going to be in trouble. You call us at 3 in the morning and you are you have too much to drink, you're in trouble. You call a cab, you're in trouble. They never said that. They said, all we ask, you drink, okay, no problem. But don't drive whatever you do. And I never did. And I never abused it. And I was most of the time the designated driver because I would have one drink early at night, 
maybe 8 o'clock, 8.30. And by the time we left at like 11.30, quarter to 12, that was it. Moral of the story, don't make something the forbidden fruit. So the bottom line is that if you enjoy a cigar, you enjoy whatever. Spirits. I mean, look, you don't want to go out and eat three pounds of ribeye a night. I mean, it would be enjoyable, don't get me wrong, but you'd probably feel pretty sick. Everything in moderation. Now, the F, it's talking about that committee. That committee did not even realize, again, how they had the FUDA thing there. So they looked like a bunch of horses' asses. They didn't realize it, but everybody else on the teleconference is looking at it, seeing it, because I had somebody email one to me, and he circled it and said, this is hysterical. And these clowns didn't even realize it. Leave it to the F-U-D-A. As I always say, we're alpha males. We're intelligent. We don't need a nanny state or big brother to tell us how to live our lives, what to consume, what to do. The problem is with the socialist, Marxist, Democrat regime and state right now is they believe they have the divine right to interfere in your life, dictate to you, to you how to live your life, and that they are far superior in intelligence to you, that you can't make up your own mind and your own decision. That is not the case. As alpha males, we are very, very capable of being aware of our decisions, making intelligent decisions, and getting all available information. And I really pity those bastards that don't enjoy cigars, that don't enjoy spirits, that don't enjoy fine cuts of meat, because they're all unhappy. Have you ever noticed when you look at vegans, they all look sick? Their skin doesn't look good. They look pale. They look peaked. They just don't look healthy. And they're not happy. They're miserable. I always say, Democrats live in a perpetual state of misery. They're always miserable about something. They're always vetching and complaining about something. This isn't good. That's not good. That's terrible. Yes, somebody, yes, a Democrat, how you doing? How am I doing? How am I doing? <laughs> the clouds are in the sky. It's going to rain this afternoon. Oh, my kids have this, this, this. Oh, and we've got President Trump in here. How am I doing? They're all miserable. You ask a Republican, hey, how you doing? Hey. Listen, it's a beautiful day outside. I'm going to have a nice cigar. I'm going to have some steak on the grill. I got my harem coming over. Hey, life is good. That is the difference. I see it all the time. So my fellow alphas, don't ever apologize for being an alpha that enjoys the alpha male lifestyle. Enjoy it. Embrace it. And feel pity for those that don't have the same happiness that we alpha males as well as many females that enjoy the alpha male lifestyle, do. Pity those poor bastards, as the great General Patton once said. My fellow lieutenants and alphas, the International Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony is next. Camacho cigars are known for their strength and character. It's in their DNA. They're unconventional. Now, you know when you talk about a mild-bodied cigar with a Connecticut wrapper, it's the same story. Light, golden, mild, 
Yawn. Camacho decided they were going to strip it down and tune it up with more flavor, more satisfaction, enough to earn a seat at the Camacho table. While still maintaining a nice medium-bodied character, the Camacho Connecticut starts with a Connecticut wrapper from Honduras, a binder from Honduras Authentic Orojo, and Honduran Dominican Republic filler. What do you get? A nice medium-bodied cigar that is tuned up, that delivers cream, woody nuttiness to round out spice and sweetness. Camacho, Connecticut. Good any time of day or night, morning, noon, or night. You can never go wrong. Camacho, strength and character. It's in our DNA. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, we got to get the weekend off correctly. And again, as alphas, we love our cigars. We love our spirits. Enemies of pleasure be damned. We're happy. We are exuberant. And there's nothing more pleasurable to me than picking out that special cigar that I'm going to fire up. And I have just selected one of the three cigars featured in the April 2021 Cigar Dave Officers Club PDR Cigars Portfolio Sampler. Three fantastic cigars. I have already smoked the A. Flores Grand Reserva de Florado, which has a superb Ecuadorian Connecticut de Florado wrapper, second priming, a little bit more bold than a regular Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. Symphony of creamy, medium body flavors. And the second of the three selections in the portfolio sampler from PDR is the PDR 1878 Recordando, a Santiago Sungrown. A truly spectacular, beautiful, approachable cigar with a bounty of spice and pepper notes. So let me tell you about this magnificent cigar. First of all, Abe Flores, master blender down in Tamboril, Dominican Republic, created the PDR brand. And let me tell you, they have created, they've got a massive number of cigars. They make many of the big names that you enjoy. They, they, they make them for other manufacturers, other distributors, but they also make their own. They've got their A Flores lineup, their PDR. And I'll tell you, this PDR, they've just redone their packaging on it and it's very so much more elegant than what they initially had they had a little blue and silver band this thing is super super elegant it's got a beautiful band that says pdr 1878 a flores pdr in the middle in silver kappa sungrown beautiful cigar and the blend on this particular stick is an ecuadorian sungrown claro the binder a dominican criollo 98 the filler Dominican Corojo, Seco Elajero. So the Seco gives you a little bit of tameness, and the Elajero, a little bit of flavor. So that's why we have those pepper notes. So it's a nice bounty of spice and pepper notes, nice medium, medium plus cigar. Comes in three sizes, a Robusto, a Toro, and the Double Magnum, a six-inch by 60 ring gauge cigar with a Cuban pigtail cap. That's what is featured in the April Cigar Dave Officers Club selection, the PDR 1878 Recordando a Santiago Sungrown Double Magnum. This is a beast 
of a cigar. And I love the new packaging that uh, Abe and PDR came up with. It's got old, it's just very colorful box, reminiscent of old world Cuba. And the just the blue, I love the, it's almost a royal navy blue, silver. And then on the foot of the cigar, there is a nice, uh, just almost a wax paper type of covering that's about two inches that uh, that wraps the bottom of the cigar, has PDR very subtly. Just a very nice cigar. This cigar is in the $12, $13 category, but you're going to get some spice. You're going to get some creaminess, some pepper, just a nice overall bounty of flavors. And I'll tell you, PDR is an absolute hidden gem of what they make from their A. Flores cigars to their uh, small batch reserves their PDR 1878 Roast Cafe. Just great cigars, and I cannot wait to get my chompers on this PDR 1878 Recordando a Santiago Sungrown. Cigar altering and highly sharpened leaf exposing device. Houston, we have a problem. I've misplaced my cutter. Nope, I've got it right here in my desk, my special secured area. And I have more than one cutter, by the way. We've got several, but today I'm going to use my self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine. This has about, I would say, oh, this is easily about a 72 ring gauge. So it's just over about an inch and a quarter in diameter. So this will fit this 60 ring gauge magnum, which is 60, 64, 7 inch, almost a full inch in diameter. This will cut this, handle it, no problem. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. All right, from the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories, I've got my Cigar Dave... Pentagon. There are five jet flames to symbolize the five stars of this general's ranking. And also, they are arranged like a pentagon. Very military. Nice tank. This is a nice small lighter. It's got a translucent tank so I can see through it. I'm, I've got about 50% butane. It's got a built-in cigar piercer. So if you don't want to use a cutter, you can use that. Listen to that. Fabulous. That's what I will use today. Cigar, cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Here comes the cut. Wait. You need to take one more in. There we go. Got it. Now, I could have easily just pulled a pigtail on this cigar, but I like to use my guillotine. Just a cleaner cut all the way around. Now, with this being a 60 ring gauge size cigar, double magnet. <clears throat> Pardon me. A little dry throat. Let me take a little bit of my espresso here. Freshly brewed, of course. I'm going to toast the foot of this cigar. Double magnum. Got to take your time on this. This is not going to be a very quick litation. We got to toast the wrapper first, which I have just done. Now I'm going to get to the binder. Really, you're getting the wrapper and binder about the same time, but I don't want to cause combustion to the filler just yet. Now I'm going to just gently cause some heat. I'm going to toast the bottom, gently running it by. Okay, now I'm going to puff and rotate. Here we go. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Getting some nice spice right off the bat. Mm. Taking my time, puffing and rotating. I see so many people that will just 
puff as quick as possible on a big cigar, rigging-sized cigar. I'm like, relax, take your time. The lightation device isn't going away. The flame's not going away. The cigar's not going away. Take your time. Hmm. Okay. Low on the foot of the cigar. Perfect, even amber glow on this PDR. 1878 Recordando a Santiago Sungrown. I just like saying that. I could keep doing that. Recordando a Santiago Sungrown. In fact, I think my new stage name, you know, there was Don Francisco, who was a very big host in Spanish television. I think my name is going to be Recordando Santiago. It just has a nice ring to it. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Recordando Santiago, the host of tonight's show. The Cigar Recordando Santiago show. I think it's got a good good ring to it. If we ever do it in Spanish, there you go. I kind of like the ring to it, but just a nice cigar. Now, my, my first tasting notes right off the bat. Mm. I'll tell you, between the Viso Seco and Lajeros, it's just a nice, medium-bodied experience. Mm. Very nice. Mm. I should tell you, mm. as I take a puff of this magnificent cigar, that mm. just heavenly all the way around. Smooth, perfect way to start the weekend. This will be a great cigar to light up for the Kentucky Derby. Hmm. Very nice. I will tell you this. This is a, another hidden gem from PDR Cigars. So if you have never seen one of these, if you've never sampled one of these, here's we've got some good news for you. If your retailer doesn't carry it, first of all, you tell them, hey, the general said this is a great cigar. PDRcigars.com, they can go there. Or if you just want to buy directly, I just got this, uh, all of our, I'm actually looking at the Cigar Dave Officers Club pouch and selection where I pulled a cigar and I just noticed that Abe Flores pulled, uh, put a nice little coupon in here for all of our Officers Club members, but as well as, I'll extend it to everyone. In fact, I know that Stephanie Martinez, who runs the operation here in the U.S. for PDR Cigars, I don't think she'd have a problem or Abe would have a problem sharing this with everybody. So if you go to Cigar Beaver, I kid you not, that's the name, CigarBeaver.com. I've not heard of these guys before, but they have partnered with CigarBeaver.com, and they will give you a 20% discount on all PDR Cigar products if you type in the code, one word, Cigar Dave. Easy. One word, Cigar Dave. You get 20%. So you're going to save some serious uh, money on That's a pretty good deal. So if you want to try any of these, and I'm looking at their website right now. And actually, as I look at it, oh, no, the double magnums are on back order. Ooh, we'll have to get to them on that. But the good news is they still have the Churchill, and they have uh, the Robusto, so you can still order those, no problem. And they have all the other uh, PDR cigars as well. 20% off everything, including the uh, A. Flores Grand Reserva de Florado, also featured. And we have the PDR Small Batch Exclusive. I don't think they have that at Cigar Beaver. The reason is only 20,000 were made in 2014, and they were kind of forgotten about. So 
They discovered them in late fall. And Abe and Stephanie said, General, we want to put one of these in the Officers Club. Special cigar. When they're gone, they're gone. But I think this would be a great treat for your Officers Club members. So fantastic. Absolutely fabulous. So CigarBeaver.com. Use the code CigarDave, one word, and you get 20% off uh, PDR cigars, including the PDR 1878 Recordando a Santiago that I am enjoying right now. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, the Kentucky Derby is tomorrow. What I say, Steve, Sergeant Steve, the 147th running, something like that. That's correct. No, 174. 174. 174th running of the Kentucky Derby. So I need a spirit that is synonymous with Kentucky. Now, Cabernet wine, red wine, Merlot is not synonymous with Kentucky. And certainly, Chardonnay is not synonymous with Kentucky. But bourbon is. There are more bourbon barrels being aged in Kentucky as we speak than there are humans. Think about that for a moment. So I have pulled out from Woodford Reserve. I got two bottles here. I haven't decided what I'm going to use yet. But before I do that, let me give you a little story about Woodford Reserve. The art of making fine bourbon first took place on the site of the Woodford Reserve Distillery, which is now a National Historic Landmark in 1812. They use a grain recipe in Woodford of 72% corn, 18% rye, 10% malted barley. This recipe balances the sweetness of corn with some spice of the rye and the nuttiness of the malt, and you get a very flavorful bourbon. Now, as we know, by federal law, to be able to be called bourbon doesn't have to come from Kentucky, but it must be 51% corn, and it must be aged in new charred oak barrels. Water. Very important. Why is the water from Kentucky so good? Well, it's naturally filtered by the limestone deposits at the Woodford Reserve Distillery, so you get an iron-free, mineral-rich water. Crucial. Crucial. Fermentation? Amongst the longest in the industry. The extra time, along with their u- uh, the unique yeast strain that Woodford Reserve uses, results in a very complex range of flavors. For distillation, they use pot stills. It's a combination. Batch processing of whiskey distilled in pot stills and whiskey distilled in column uh, stills. So it's a combination and no other whiskey, bourbon whiskey or whiskey, uses that combination. Then maturation, well, it's got to go in new charred white oak barrels by law. And the way that they apply the toast and the char on the bourbon barrels at their own cooperage basically gives it a unique flavor. So the result is we have Woodford Reserve, which is amongst the most popular bourbons. It is the official bourbon of the Kentucky Durban. What did I just say? Kentucky. I said Bourbon Kentucky Durban. You know what, Sergeant? I think they ought to change the name to the Kentucky Durban. should be the Bourbon at the Kentucky Durban. I think that would be good. But it's the Kentucky Derby. They have a special Kentucky Derby bottle, which is a commemoration. Uh, and they always have a, a unique 
design, a nice uh, piece of artwork on the bottle, which they do this year. It's regular bourbon, but... So I've got the Kentucky, the Woodford Reserve, straight bourbon, or the double oak. Now, they also have the rye, they have the malt, the wheat, the master's collection, the distillery, the baccarat, the batch proof. But I'm debating between the... You know what? I'm going to go with the double oak. The double oak uses a twice-barreled bourbon. So what happens? Because they're maturing in separate charred oak barrels, the second barrel gets a deep toast before a light charring, so you get some extra character on that whiskey. It's 90.4% proof. I've got it in my pan, and that's exactly what I am going to enjoy. That's what I'm going to use right now. So let me open this up. Pour it in here in my snifter. Fantastic. Put the cork back on. Now, as I look at this, it's got a very deep amber color. It is far darker than the regular Woodford Reserve. Again, when you finish in a second oak barrel, you're going to get more of that charred oak on the on the spirit. Now, on the nose, getting some caramel, a little honey, definitely oaky. You can really smell that oak. All right, let me say cheers. Mm. Wow, getting some nice warmth in the nose. Mm. Vanilla. Mm. Real spicy. Definite vanilla, spice, a little bit of fruitiness, and a lot of that oak. Now, on the finish, very creamy. Getting some in the back of the uh, palate, back of the tongue. Some nice warmth. On the Cigar Dave warmth factor, this is definitely pushing a nine, nine plus. Very pleasant. Mm. Mm. Very, very nice. All right. So now I've got my PDR 1878 Recordando a Santiago Sungrown fully lit. I have poured and sampled my Woodford Reserve Double Oak. And now in commemoration of the Kentucky Derby, one thing remains. And when we return for the final in concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show podcast, I will recite to you the famous letter sent from S.B. Buckner Jr. to General Connor discussing the Buckner famous mint julep ceremony. Gurkha is known for producing the world's finest cigars. When you look at their blends, you look at their packaging, you look at the bands, everything about Gurkha screams quality. Gurkha has just released a new cigar that is totally about absolute taste and quality, the San Miguel by Gurkha. It's a Nicaraguan Puro, Nicaraguan wrapper, binder, and filler. Perfect, medium to full body balance, loaded with complexity, layers of flavor, including white pepper, a nice natural earth tone, finished with a sweet honey-like taste. San Miguel by Gurkha. Features 100% Aganorsa leaf, Nicaraguan shade grown Corojo wrapper, double Nicaraguan binder, Nicaraguan filler. If you're looking for a medium to full bodied beauty, go no further. Then the new San Miguel by Gurkha. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. Oh, 
the sun shines bright in my old Kentucky home. Tis summer, the people are gay. The corn tops ripe and the meadows in the bloom. While the birds make music all the day. Good afternoon, friends. My name is S.B. Buckner, Jr. And for years, I have had a special formulation for making a traditional Kentucky cocktail known as the Mint Julep. And as the 174th running of the Kentucky Derby is upon us tomorrow, I will share with you a correspondence that I shared to a General Connor who inquired requesting my special formulation for my world famous Mint Julep. I wrote this letter on March 30th, 1937, describing the Buckner Mint Julep ceremony. My dear General Connor, your letter requesting my formulation for mixing mint juleps leaves me in the same position in which Captain Barber found himself when asked how he is able to carve the image of an elephant from a block of wood. He replied that it was a simple process, consisting merely of whittling off the part that didn't look like an elephant. The preparation of the quintessence of gentlemanly beverages can be described only in like terms. A mint julep is not the product of a formulation. It is a ceremony and must be performed by a gentleman possessing a true sense of the artistic or a deep reverence for the ingredients and a proper appreciation of the occasion. It is a rite that must not be entrusted to a novice, a statistician, nor, heaven forbid, a Yankee. It is a heritage of the Old South, an emblem of hospitality, and a vehicle in which noble minds can travel together upon the flower-strewn paths of happy and congenial thought. So far as the mere mechanics of the operation are concerned, the procedure, stripped of its ceremonial embellishments, can be described as follows. Go to a spring where cool, crystal-clear water bubbles from under a bank of dew-washed ferns. In a consecrated vessel, dip up a little water at the source. Follow the stream through its banks of green moss and wild flowers until it broadens and trickles through beds of mint, growing in aromatic profusion and waving softly in the summer breezes. Gather the sweetest and tenderest shoots and gently carry them home, caressing them all the way. Go to the sideboard, select yourself a decanter of Kentucky bourbon, Distilled, of course, by a master hand, mellowed with age, yet still vigorous and inspiring. An ancestral sugar bowl, a row of silver goblets, some spoons and some ice, and you are ready to start. In a canvas bag, pound twice as much ice as you think you'll need. Make it fine as snow, 
Keep it dry and do not allow it to degenerate into slush. Because in the South, we don't like slush. You Yankees may like slush, but not us genteel Southerners. In each goblet, put a slightly heaping teaspoon of granulated sugar. Barely cover this with spring water and slightly bruise one mint into this, leaving the spoon in the goblet. Then pour the elixir from the decanter until the goblets are about one-fourth full. Fill the goblets with snowy ice, sprinkling in a small amount of sugar as you fill. Wipe the outsides of the goblet dry and embellish copiously with that fresh sprig of mint. Then comes the important and delicate operation of frosting. By properly manipulating the spoon, the ingredients are circulated and blended until nature, wishing to take a further hand and add another of its beautiful phenomena, encrusts the whole in a glittering coat of white frost. Thus harmoniously blended by the deft touches of a skilled hand, you have a beverage eminently appropriate for honorable men and beautiful women. When all is ready, assemble your guests on the porch or in the garden, where the aroma of the juleps will rise heavenward and make the birds sing. Propose a worthy toast. Raise the goblet to your lips. Bury your nose in the mint. Inhale a deep breath of its fragrance and sip the nectar of the gods. Being overcome by thirst, oh my goodness, I can write no further. Sincerely, S.B. Buckner Jr. And now I share with you, on this Kentucky Derby weekend, my famous Buckner Mint Julep Ceremony. That was, of course, the great S.B. Buckner, Jr. We don't know what S.B. standed for or stood for. But when you're from the South, you must use initials instead of your name. As we get ready for the 174th running of the Kentucky Derby, let me take another puff. Puff. What did I say? 147 or 174? Do you know that on Fox News, Sergeant Steed, they had 174? Earlier in the show, you said 147, then you corrected yourself yeah, later. Yeah, because, the, but it's because one, I just looked yeah. at Fox. They had a they had a Chiron. They yeah. had a graphic that said 170. Shame on Fox. They blew it once again. Well, now I gently let me let me as gent as uh, S. B. Buckner Jr. would do. Let me take a gentle puff of my PDI 1878 Recadanda Santiago Sungrown. Oh my, mm. Mm. beautiful. And now I'll take a sip of my Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. That would be fine with the Buckner Mint Julep Ceremony. Mm. And on that, my fellow Alphas, Cigar Dave the General saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delectatio, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make masculinity great again. Save America. Screw the enemies of pleasure, F-U-D-A. And as always, live it up.